0: All the places I don't know But feel like I have been to Their fringes and their bl-
1: I'm Emma June and welcome to Fringes, a no-frills kind of podcast where I talk to trans and gender non-conforming Jews about our experiences with Tot and Tzitzit. Tallitot are Jewish prayer shawls and Tzitzit are the knotted fringe at the bottom of them. For deeper definitions, check out the first episode. Today I had the pleasure of interviewing Simcha Halpert Hansen, who will introduce themselves.
2: Yeah. Hi, um, my name is Simcha Halpert Hansen. I use they, them pronouns, first-year student at Hebrew College, live in Boston, play drums. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing, um, well, welcome, I'm really excited to talk to you today, and um, I guess the place I would love to start is um, just where what your first memories of Tzitzit Tzit and of Tali Tote are, and If those are the same memory, or if those two things carry different memories for you, Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
0: well, first I
2: guess I'll just start with like a brief story about how I chose not to wear tzitzis for um, my um, b'nai mitzvah, and then I'll go into the choosing tzitzis. That work? Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. So when I was (coughs) in seventh grade. Um, getting ready to do the whole um, Child of Commandments thing. I um, was really interested in what authentic Judaism, quote-unquote, authentic looked like. And since I understood that at least I thought the options for my gender was to be a girl, then I decided that it wasn't um, fitting for me to wear and. So I, I unlike all of my other peers, did not, um, I did not have my my mom um, buy a talis for me, and um, was somehow allowed in the in the synagogue to not be wearing a talis leading the service. Um, so just mentioning that because it was like a really gendered um, decision that I made, mm-hmm. and um, was trying to live into the gender that I was um ascribed, even though it felt like inauthentic and uncomfortable for me. Um and then later when I was um twenty one I uh came I realized that I was trans and um and um decided to start wearing tits like when and got a, a taliskatan specifically like, little, the little one with the shirt, um, and I remember when I put it on I started crying and I remember like pulling the sipsis to my face and to my chest and, like just like feeling it and feeling like very very whole all of a sudden in a way that I wasn't aware of that I was missing that wholeness. Um, and like, yeah, I still don't quite know what was going on in that moment, like um, in a Broadway but um, or like why I was crying. But I can imagine that probably um, I was like reconnecting with the ancestral root tradition that got broken off a while of um, <laughs> ago. And later that year I went to I went on a birthright trip, um, or maybe it was the next year when I was 22, I went on a birthright trip to um, Poland and then to Israel-Palestine and um, decided then I would buy a talus. so I went to I got one in spot and made sure it was like really really big because I wanted to kind of again like living into this version of what I thought was quote-unquote authentic Judaism Um, wanted to really be covered up like in this blanket that is the talus. I I specifically did not want to be wearing a the kind of talisman that I grew up with in the Reform Movement which just like these shawl things. Like my brother had one. I remember a few times like using it for dress up. Um and I didn't yeah, I like didn't want that to be like what I used for praying. So I got a big one. And uh last thing I'll say is that uh actually recently as of this holiday cycle I had an insight on Hashana Raba that um I might stop wearing the talus gadol, the big talis. Um And um, instead of uh, related to um, actually being the fact that like when you in Ashkenazi tradition you get a task adult when you get married Um, or maybe we'll say you get it when you kind of uh, settle into uh, some kind of life agreement or long-term agreement with someone someone else or multiple people Um, and so I wanted to I kind of had this insight that I possibly might try um going that route or embracing that tradition you know, like if you go to more traditional shul and orthodox shul and you'll see um obviously it's mojitsa space and there's men on one side and they don't wear they're not wearing a tall, like whoever's not married is not wearing a talis um and I've spoken with um uh so actually queer or gay men, cis men um, who grew up orthodox and they're like, oh yeah, you can't, uh, if you if you wear a talus, then the shot won't know that you're single, so you have to make sure you don't wear them. Um, else the, they won't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought I might, and it's kind of sing, signal that to the universe. Um.
0: <laughs> New way of flagging.
2: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And so I've just been wearing a, a talus katan instead.
0: Wow. Do you wear, like, can I ask about, like, how often you wear your Tallest katan?
2: Yeah, I, yeah, totally. I, so I started wearing it, um, as I said, when I was 21, and then I, I kind of went in and out of um, places in my life where it felt safe to be, like, myself around Frumkite, and where at times when it really didn't feel safe, um, and so I would kind of vacillate between, you know, years, periods of time of Like periods of years wearing it and then not wearing it um, and not being observant. And um, I uh, two years ago stopped being observant um, and then actually just like really very recently as as of like last month um, or uh, September rather um, felt this like new something shift and um, felt like another like opening to like it's kind of safe. Maybe it's safer now to be to be engaging with that. So I've been wearing it again all the time. Um, Yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) I have kind of an ambivalent relationship to it now, but I than I did like when I was a lot younger, or even uh, three years ago.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, But um, I do wear it every day.
0: Yeah. Can you can you talk at all to what you feel like? brings about that ambivalence
2: yeah um to be totally frank um i the ambivalence is not really specific to well the the ambivalence is maybe specific to the taskatan and that that tzitzis themselves right are indicating a reminder or <coughs> um they're in the tzitzis are indicating a reminder of or relationship to um, the mitzvahs. So halacha, a sense of Like mm-hmm. feeling bound to that. Um, and like m- when I put it on, it's like I feel very daft, of, like I need to be following what it is that I'm pre- like preaching to myself with this garment. <laughs> so I, um, be- I, because of a uh, honestly being a survivor of um, a lot of different forms of um, either kind of community-based harm, or, um, partner-based harm, um, became really disillusioned with, uh, with the, with, I guess, Jewish people observing Judaism and, and um, kind of didn't feel, don't feel like a There's something that's broken for me around the, like, there is a relation, I see a relationship between halacha and people, um, right, like we're the people that enact it, and we're the people that enact Judaism style, like in general, Um, on our living out, the Mazora, the tradition, and um, I guess like in interfacing with all the ways that we as humans like enact also in the same breath that we like Kind of pull, pe- pull like, uh, show love, like, pull in, like, reach for each other. The same hand can be pushing away, um, and like breaking or severing relationship um, or connection, you know, through various means. Um, and just feeling like really, I guess, disenchanted with that reality. Um, and that's a very human thing to be doing. Um, uh, this, I guess, the kind of again, I guess, the specific harm that I've gone through in, in community settings um has been it's just been hard to navigate of like do i buy this do i believe in this do i feel connected to it Mm -hmm. i think maybe it's more more the question like do i actually feel connected to this thing that i um have also been in a relationship with many jews who um adhere to some something you know jewish um, and can also be an act of harm yeah i don't know yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> um yeah, I guess it makes me curious like what it means to you to keep wearing the Talis katan through some of that doubt mm-hmm. or like through some of those hard feelings because you said that. You're still like you started wearing it again? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I get the sense that I'm in some kind of like cycle of or new cycle or something spiraling up of um, healing around that particular theme, which has been with me for um, the past few years or so. And um, so I think I'm just, I kind of just was like, you know, had a sensation one day of like wearing, of it already being on my body and feeling like a sweetness towards it. And so I followed that sweetness. um, And... Um I think that I am trying to in the you know after or whatever like after part of feeling the sweetness, and it's like then you have the relationship right like after the honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm in this like place of just trying to reorient all of it um into a different spot than I had previously located, which was very much um, kind of feeling connected to it through feeling connected to Jews um, mm-hmm. and that there's. I think there's learning for me in wearing it, um, every day, around, um, around, like, how to heal up that, like, uh, around, like, how to heal up that relationship for myself, um, to, like, find, to find a a ground in it just, that's just specific to me, and specific to God, yeah, because all of that has gotten kind of connection to yeah the connection to, the connect, to me or me it's like the connection of people get severed the connection gossip is gets severed um, and so yeah but I think now it's just like a practice of like I'm choosing to try to connect yeah. Yeah, instead of maybe taking it for granted
0: wow um yeah okay cool <laughs> sorry I'm just um it feels really powerful to me to hear people talk about like their uh, like how they feel spirituality and relationships to God because I feel like people don't uh it's not something that often gets shared and I'm asking really personal (laughs) questions about it and and it means something to me to hear um how people experience the world um yeah um I'm I'm curious this is a, a slightly different path of questions, but I'm curious about like how or if um I mean but I but I believe how wearing a Talis Katan and um and your trans identity like connect for you. Um you mentioned like around the time that you were like coming out or coming out to yourself that, um, you put on a Talus katan. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious if, um, there's more to say about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um,
2: I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess, um, I don't really think about There's, I'm gonna flush out some really kind of not so cooked thoughts, um, or present some not so cooked <laughs> thoughts. And um, I'm still kind of mulling over myself. But I, I, lately, uh, this year, I've been feeling a lot more into, um, um I guess embracing the inherentness of my masculinity a lot more um and which means for me that uh i guess it i guess it what it means is that um there's a large part of me that um is that just i mean it's it's i'm not sure if it's if it if it's screen or if it presents itself to others as traditionally male or i know it's actually sorry it definitely presents itself to others as traditionally male i'm not so sure it presents itself to me as traditionally male i don't like really feel or see myself in like as a sister for example um but i am um i'm read like that pretty often and also treated like it pretty often um by not just straight people but plenty of folks in the queer community and it um It has um, I I don't really like it but um, I'm also I don't like it and also I'm like uh, trying to work with it in a different way I think this year or trying to be more awake to it this year and um, there I think are, are ways in which possibly during my childhood this hinted at like I didn't feel like I could wear it right when I was a woman or girl whatever when I was I wasn't kind of never a girl, but like when I was being ascribed that, I did not feel like I could do it. Um, it didn't feel um, like I—I I didn't feel like I was living into a core component of myself um, anyway. And to to put something on that, even though I like outside of my like religious life was totally dressing like a little um, punk rock boy i um didn't feel like i could break that that particular uh gender construct <laughs> um and um and then it wasn't until i turned like came out to myself and then like embraced my maleness on like step 1 you know like being like oh i am not a dyke cool um <laughs> uh it's like kind of like tears i guess of masculinity and that was tier 1 um and then I felt like I could put it on. Um, and so possibly this is possible that in this next iteration of, of self or tier of masculinity that I've reached, um, that it's feeling, um, kind of presenting a gender affirm. I mean, it was clearly gen- presenting a gender affirming experience for me initially. And it, um, possibly is presenting one now, though it still kind of conflicts with, um, components of my masculine um, that are more secular so mm-hmm. I don't know yeah i fast like back and forth with it but. yeah yeah like I used to have I used to be I used to look present a lot more firm um in that I had payas and I wear my sitsis out and um and I really looked like a buffer for all intents and purposes like a little Yeshiva student, boy student. Um, and I wasn't really going, I wasn't like on purpose going for that. I was just like kind of living into like what felt tr- like emestick or truthful for me. Um, and um, And Now I've And it happened to coincide with like traditional like Jewish masculine norms. Um, and now I've kind of reached some different norms with masculinity and And um, and they like somewhat bolster that and somewhat like are not the kind of like image I'm going for. But then I then you get into the like uh, I get into the obligation piece or the piece around. Um, uh, yeah, I, I feel a little bit strange trying to live this life and not be doing the things that this life just um, deems like appropriate.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting to me. I think, like, there are a number of um, like commandments in Judaism or mitzvot in Judaism that involve clothing, mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 those commandments and mitzvot are fairly gendered, yeah, they're very like wear this thing or shave this or Mm -hmm. don't or um whatever they might be and so it really can tie um feelings of of like passing or clothing or um i don't know it's just like being visibly jewish and being visibly trans or visibly affirming your gender or not like they can get really tied together, for sure. Which is really fascinating to me. Um, yeah. I, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as I said, I just yeah. I feel like I I flag a lot of a lot of things that I'm not really trying to do um, <clears throat> when I've done it in the past, or when I've been more visibly Jewish in the past, um, and. Yeah, like varying degrees of comfort with how that's getting read into um, normative narrative, like yeah, narratives of of gender. Mostly not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also just as I said, like trying to be like, okay, you know what? Maybe like um, maybe there's like some way that I need to like surrender to. Um, how I'm being seen, and it sounds like a cop out, but um, maybe there's some something I'm not seeing that other people are in how they're treating me, or I mean, obviously, like, the world is a um, a broken place, and people um, are not mostly not woke, but also we reflect things around us for better
1: I guess
0: um, an- another. Kind of, well, something I'm curious about is is if you feel that you get to, or that you want to, or that you've wanted to, um, like embody just the meets um, vote for men in Judaism, or if it's felt like, and like particularly, I, I'm curious around Tali like if it's been like I will now follow these rules for men or if there's Mm. felt like some kind of dissonance or struggle because you're trans
2: Mm -hmm. um yeah it's totally dissonant. um like Nikola doesn't factor into my life for example but I wish it did um and it's just not safe um in most of the places that I've lived in and um and that would be like a non male thing. Yeah. Um, um I think there like I try to light candles every week, right? And that's a woman's mitzvah. Um and I don't think about I don't really think about these mitzvah are along their gender lines. I'm aware of them, but um, I don't love putting myself into a position where people are reading me as the like as the dude. Um mm-hmm. like when I'm in doing prayer leadership like or um expectations around um kiddish or like leading a space. I don't know. Um yeah, I I try not to I really try to discourage that reading of me. Um and it's it's an um, it happens anyway. Um but, um, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out how to answer your question. I, I, uh, like when I don't like candles, I then think about how, well, I'm, I kind of embody, like guess, uh, you know, inherently embody, um, multiple, multiplicity in, in gender. Um, and so it's, it's okay that I like this candle lighting because, um, Sometimes this thought has occurred to me, mostly honestly it hasn't, um, just like I miss candle lighting. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: and I can like say, uh, the Yom the Shabbos, you yeah, know, I can say the psalm for Shabbat instead and that'll be like my way for accepting that Shabbat's in, or just internally accept it, but there have been times too when I've just chosen not to light candles and have deferred to other people in the room, um, to do that and just rather would say Amen and think about in those moments I've thought about my my own multiplicity, um, and that I'm straddling some really clear demarc, uh, boundaries around, um, gender and vote, and that inherently, I'm, just, yeah, I'm just like, um, you know, if it's a binary in the vision of the Torah, then I'm, I doubt they have like one, like on one side and one, like on the other, and that is just like how, the creator
0: created me, <laughs> mm-hmm. so there's like nowhere. Else. Yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. Definitely. Um. Wow. Well, I'm. Do you have any like remaining thoughts left unsaid? Things you're thinking about? Questions I haven't asked you?
2: Um. Nothing is coming to mind. Um, just trying to think about like stuff around, more stuff around gender and sex, but um, no, can't think of anything. Is there is there anything else that you were curious about or had like on your um, your list of questions?
0: Um, I guess there's one that. Um, I'll just, I'll ask and see <laughs> if you have mm-hmm. anything to say. And if it's, I, um, yeah. it's just about feeling like because of, of the gender binary, I think there's a way that, that, um, that like some people in the trans-Jewish community may respond to something like a talis Mm -hmm. um, or tzitzit as something that's like not for them Mm -hmm. or not for us, Mm -hmm. I should say. And um, and to me, it's a, I I don't have a personal answer (laughs) that feels great, Mm -hmm. but I do think it's a chance to like Be creative with our tradition, like this tradition we've been given, Mm -hmm. and to like find ways um, to push our tradition. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, I guess I'm just curious if there have been any particular ways or moments that you felt creative with a
2: I definitely feel like um, awesome when I'm in a group of like queer Jews who are all wearing senses, Um or taliason because it it's like you're literally wearing the meat's vote on your body, and it indicates to me that I'm not alone. I guess in my own, I just feel like it's so rare for me to meet other trans Jews who all are also or um, I know there's plenty of folks out there, but to get to be certainly in um, a like, shared physical space with those people is really rare. Um, and it just indicates to me that, um, yeah, that I'm not alone and that also there are, like, there is, like, sacred work that is being done in which people are, which trans folks are claiming this thing. I think it's so powerful that we are claiming something that's not, we're not, we're literally not, like, even a part of the imagination. Well, there's components of, of us that are part of the imagination, the rabbis, but um, but certainly not really in the Torah. Um, or m- one could argue not not um, extensively. In the ways that you see, like I mean, I'm just thinking of the uh, like a Like you could you can read, um, you know, trance into like the first being for sure. But I don't know if we really make much of an appearance out outside of that moment, <laughs> that mystical moment in Ghanaian. <laughs> Um So I feel like I just personally feel like really bolstered um, when I see trans folks in particular wearing sutsis, and also when I see women, cis women um, wearing sutsis, and. Um, yeah i remember doing actually having like going attending a um Soap time party which is like a it's like tutsus for women um like the um the baguette is uh for for more feminine leaning folks so it's like the 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 shirt part of it is not um as like straight lines it's like form-fitting um and i Went, and it was so lovely because it was like it was mostly other it was mostly cis women and there was like me and like one or two other trans like trans mascots. Um. and um And it was it was just great to like be in a room with people who like again like the that mitzvah's not written for them either and um, to be sharing space with people who are taking it on and choosing it and, and trying to reform and recreate and reshape Um felt sweet to me i guess for myself i um um in, in thinking about like is this for me or how do i take this i just um inherently i guess like the gift a gift um of being a trans jew is like holding complexity and nuance and tension and like just inherently i think like anyway jews have that gift because like we're we're like in gallus like in exile and um you know, in this kind of like in between space of not being in, not being redeemed or whatever, um, so I think that our people kind of like on a consciousness level hold tension really well or have to, um, and then adding trans on top of that equals like a even a like a more plumbing the depths of that tension holding, um, and. Yeah, I mean, like, I know inherently that I don't exist in the tradition, uh, or like, trans folks don't exist. And yet I'm here. (laughs) And yet, trans folks are here. So it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a um, something, there's something kind of, um, some kind of, I don't know, maybe mystical orientation or reality to the fact that we are here and are like claiming stuff that's not for us um and um and like and this wisdom of tension holding and just being like holding that space um and kind of i guess maybe it just pushes us to have like more amuna or something more faith in the fact that in like um in either god or like i don't know the 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 mysteries of this universe that we can't answer yeah.
0: yeah well that is a very beautiful note to end on I think <laughs> cool um, thank you so much for
1: for joining me today
2: yeah thanks all uh, it was sweet talking with you again to think more about it
1: thanks for listening to fringes my passion project supported by Adva Designs. For more definitions, as well as a transcription of the episode, please check out the show notes on our website, advadesigns.com episode 7. That's A-D-V-A-H-D-E-S-I-G-N-S dot E-P-I-S-O-D-E-7. As always, the interviews I do and the stories I get to share through this podcast cannot possibly capture the breadth of experiences in the world. I'm inevitably leaving people out. That said, this project is growing. If your story feels left out and you wanna share it, please reach out to me at emma at That's E-M-M-A at A-D-V-A-H-D-E-S-I-G-N-S dot C-O-M. This podcast is coming out on a bi-weekly basis. A huge thanks to Sarah Resnick, my producer, and to Home Despot, the incredible musician behind the music. And thank you for listening. See you in two weeks wherever podcasts can be found.